Ladies and gentlemen, the following segment of the podcast is presented exclusively by Hillsdale College. For over 175 years, four purposes have defined Hillsdale's mission, learning, character, faith, and freedom. Thank you for listening and my sincere appreciation to our brothers and sisters at Hillsdale for their great sponsorship. He's here. He's here. Now, broadcasting from the underground command post, deep in the bowels of a hidden bunker, somewhere under the brick and steel of a nondescript building, we've once again made contact with our leader, Mark Levin. Numbers 877-381-3811, 877-381-3811. I think you're going to want to stay here all three hours if you can. If you can. Voting rights bill. They call this monstrosity that they want to vote on. Voting rights bill. And if they don't get what they want, they're going to say it's because the racist filibuster rules in place, the racist filibuster that was used by Obama and Cory Booker and others, Part of the white supremacy crowd, no doubt about it. Rather than get rid of the filibuster, I have a different idea. Why don't we get rid of the Democrat Party, since it's the Democrat Party that has abused the filibuster in the name of slavery, in the name of segregation, in the name of Jim Crow, anti-Civil Rights Act of 64, anti-Civil Rights Act of 65. The filibuster rule in and of itself isn't discriminatory. It's not racist. The Democrat Party. Throughout its history, has been discriminatory and racist, and it's discriminatory and racist as I speak. It just moves around. It slithers around like a snake. A voting rights bill, they call it. Okay, I've spent the better part of this afternoon reacquainting myself with the ratification debates. Nine of them in particular. Nine of them in particular. You know, Rhode Island and North Carolina eventually left the Constitutional Convention. Are you aware of that? Now, they eventually voted for the Constitution and ratified it, but they left. And a lot of the delegates left. Some of them were replaced. But nonetheless, as I read through this, because I recalled through my other writings and my other books, virtually every single state ratification debate involved at one point or another the section of the Constitution that gives the federal government the power to choose the time and the place and the venue of voting. 
And there was grave skepticism and concern that this new federal government that was being created by the states, remember that, would not be able to abuse its power to determine who would be elected, how they would be elected, that it would abuse its power specifically to enshrine those in Washington, those who got elected, from competition. If H.R. 1 or S. 1 had in fact been the law of the land or any big chunks of it, or I should say part of the proposed Constitution, we never would have had a Constitution. As it turns out, it was a very close fight in Massachusetts. You had Sam Adams against it, you had John Adams for it, as an example. It was a very, very close fight in Virginia. You had Patrick Henry and George Mason against it. And of course, Washington, Jefferson, and Madison for it. It was a very close battle in New York, where you obviously had Hamilton for it, the main author of Federalist Papers, the most Federalist Papers, as well as Madison. And you had strong forces against it. Those are three of the biggest, most important states. Which is why Hamilton had published at great expense 500 copies of the Federalist Papers bound for New York because they were losing in New York. And he sent some to Virginia because they were losing in Virginia. And they thought they would lose Massachusetts. So they had to make some concessions. For instance, they didn't want to have a new constitutional convention, but they would, they would consider amendments proposed by the states. As one state ratification convention after another said, all right, we approve, but here's a number of reasons we're gravely concerned, and we intend that the first Congress will address it. And that's how you got your Bill of Rights. One of the areas of grave concern was that the federal government not take over the electoral process. One of the areas of grave concern. Because they felt the centralization of the voting system would lead to tyranny. The centralization. It doesn't expand the right to vote. It threatens the right to vote. It empowers the central government. Well, today, who is it that pushes the central government as, as the leading power for all decisions? The Democrat Party. Why? Because they want to change the rules where they control the central government forevermore. They don't want to duke it out in the states. They don't like the electoral college. They don't like states having their own taxing systems. They don't like states going off on their own. They require iron-fisted, centralized government. The antithesis of what the Constitution creates. Because they embrace not constitutionalism, not Americanism, but the modern prodigy, prodigy of Marxism. They call it progressivism, which is a joke. The modern progeny. The American Marxists. There would have been no constitution. None. Had H.R. 1 or S. 1 or something akin to it been proposed in language at the Constitutional Convention? No way. There would have been no Constitution. 
No constitution had the kinds of laws that Joe Biden is going to promote and the regulations and taxing he's going to promote tomorrow in the name of law enforcement, of course, had in fact been in that proposed constitution. It would never have been ratified. So far have we fallen from the days of enlightenment and individual liberty and representative government. What do we have today? What is this government? Is it a federal republic? No. Is it a representative republic with this massive bureaucracy spitting out more laws than Congress can even think of? No. Is it a constitutional republic which has been undermined and shredded in so many ways it's hard to describe? No. Then what is it? What is it? It's a system transitioning quickly, faster every day, towards tyranny. And the political entity that is leading this fight is the Democrat Party. The Democrat Party. My suggestion is rather than eliminating the filibuster, which has an absolute useful purpose, is to eliminate the Democrat Party. It's the Democrat Party that fought for slavery. Let them pay reparations. It's the Democrat Party that has abused the filibuster in the name of slavery and segregation and Jim Crow. So let's eliminate the Democrat Party, and yet the Democrat Party stands. The Democrat Party stands, despite its support of slavery and racism and segregation and Jim Crow. And yet it's the one symbol, the one institution of the confederacy of slavery that's never discussed. Never discussed. One man, one vote, they say. They don't believe in one man, one vote. They believe in dead men voting and illegal aliens voting and on and on and on. They've given up on the notion of one man, one vote. They believe do whatever the hell you have to do to win. Stuff the ballot box. One man, a thousand votes if necessary. That's right. Chuck Schumer on the floor of the Senate today, one of the great demagogues and lowlifes of American politics. And just look how they racialize everything. Just look how they want the black community upset all the time about everything. Because the Democrat Party relies on racism of one form or another. It has used African Americans. It has used black Americans. Its entire existence at war with them on one occasion, now abusing them in other ways on another occasion. Cut one, go. Republican legislatures are making it easier to own a gun than to vote. No, they're not, you idiot. Making it easier to own a gun than to vote? You have to go through background checks to buy a gun. That's federal law. Federal law. There are also state requirements for owning weapons. You need a voter ID as an example. Or an ID, an identification. The Democrats oppose an identification when you vote. But but why the games? Why the distraction? Why not get on the floor of the Senate and explain exactly what you want to do to our voting system? Go ahead. Republican legislatures are making it harder to vote early. 
harder to vote by mail, harder to vote after They're not work. making it harder. They're taking it back to pre-COVID. Folks, if you have an envelope and a stamp, why is it harder to vote by mail? I don't understand. If you have early voting, but it's not like 60 days in some of these wacko states, that doesn't mean you don't have early voting. Go ahead. They're making it a crime to give food or water to voters waiting in long No, they're not. They're making it illegal for campaign organizations and political parties to give food and water in the line so they don't pressure people like senior citizens or handicapped, mentally handicapped people to vote a certain way. Anybody else is free to give them water and food or they're free to bring it. You see how this works? You see how they lie? Go ahead. They're trying to make it harder for black churchgoers to vote on Sunday. Who is? But what does it have to do with black churchgoers voting on Sunday? Are there not white churchgoers voting on Sunday, Mr. Producer, who go to church? Are there not Republicans who go to church on Sunday? Is it only blacks who go to church on Sunday? Unbelievable. Go ahead. And they're actually making it easier for unelected judges and partisan election boards to overturn the results of an election. I have no idea what he's talking about. And notice neither does he. Go ahead. Opening the door for some demagogue, a Trumpian type demagogue, maybe he himself, to try and subvert our elections in the very same way that Trump tried to do it in 2020. Unbelievable. Unbelievable. Subverting elections, that's something the Democrats are good at, city after city. The whole history of the crooked Democrat Party. And you see, for the Democrat Party, any time a Republican wins the presidency, it's subverting the system. You know, Reagan subverted the system when he won the first time because he had the Southern strategy. Because they lie about Reagan. George W. Bush subverted the electoral process. He stole it. The Supreme Court handed it to him because of the hanging chads and so forth in Florida. In fact, the whole electoral college, it's a, it, it's a throwback to racism and slavery, except, of course, when Democrats win. They're the demagogues. They're the Jim Crowsters. They're the segregationists. They're the racists. They always have been. Go ahead. Republicans say these laws are about election integrity. Why don't you talk about what's in the bill, you moron? They never go through the specifics on the floor of the bill. Why don't they go to the original bill and say, America, we want 16 and 17-year-olds to register to vote. America, we don't talk about citizens registering to vote or voting. We talk about individuals to get around the word citizen. Why doesn't he explain that not a single person in the precinct, including an independent, objective uh, election judge, is free to challenge a single person who comes in to vote? Why doesn't he mention that they propose in their law that you can vote in any precinct you want to vote in? Gee, that can't be manipulated in any way, can it? And you can't be challenged. Why doesn't he mention that they oppose signature verification? Why doesn't he mention that they oppose voter ID? Why doesn't he mention any of these things? And when it comes to judges, 
You can only bring a case if you want to challenge the law in the District of Columbia, where there's a whole slew of left-wing judges, no matter where you're from, including Alaska or Hawaii. And that he wants to set up a commission, and that commission can call that judge, subpoena the judge to testify about why they ruled the way that they ruled. And they want to federalize by funding elections. How come he doesn't go to the floor of the Senate and mention one of these things? And there's more. Because he knows the vast majority of the people will reject it. Instead, it's just easier to call Republicans names and to lie about what Republican state legislatures are doing. I'll be right back. Mark Hillsdale College serves four purposes. Learning, character, faith, and freedom. Now, education and faith thrive in freedom, and freedom requires an educated people, a people of good character to preserve it. Hillsdale College has been providing the education needed to preserve free government for over 175 years, and it continues to provide that education today, not only to its 1,500 undergraduate and graduate students, but nationwide. Through its free online courses, its support of classical K-12 charter schools, and its other outreach efforts on behalf of liberty. Hillsdale's Articles of Association, dating back to 1844, commit the college to preserving the blessings of civil and religious liberty through the provision of sound learning. This learning includes the Constitution. It includes the laws of nature and nature's God, as described in the Declaration of Independence. It includes America's great heritage and liberty that too often today is falsely derided and denied. Hillsdale's motto is, Pursuing Truth and Defending Liberty Since 1844. And it'll continue to fight to live up to that motto, come what may. Learn more. Go to levinforhillsdale.com. That's L-E-V-I-N for Hillsdale.com. I wish the Republicans would get a little better at messaging on this. 50 states, as you know, with their own election laws. And this Constitution is a firewall between many of those states and the Democrat Party. You see, the Democrat Party can't control the Republican states, or it can't control marginal political states that go this way or that way. The Constitution's firewall is there to protect us exactly for this reason from them. Because the Democrat Party wants to control all 50 states, whether or not the people in those states support it or not. They want to deny people the franchise at the local level, at the state level, while they beat their chest self-righteously about protecting minority votes. They're not protecting anybody's votes. They're trying to uh, uh, compel the uh, elimination of one party and the control by their party of all things. So 50 states with different election laws become effectively one state with one election law controlled by the Democrat Party. The Constitution is there to protect us from them. Hillsdale College serves four purposes. Learning, character, faith, and freedom. Now, education and faith thrive in freedom, and freedom requires an educated people, a people of good character to preserve it. Hillsdale College has been providing the education needed to preserve free government for over 175 years, and it continues to provide that education today, not only to its 1,500 undergraduate and graduate students, but nationwide. Through its free online courses, its support of classical K-12 charter schools, and its other outreach efforts on behalf of liberty. 
Hillsdale's Articles of Association, dating back to 1844, commit the college to preserving the blessings of civil and religious liberty through the provision of sound learning. This learning includes the Constitution. It includes the laws of nature and nature's God, as described in the Declaration of Independence. It includes America's great heritage and liberty that too often today is falsely derided and denied. Hillsdale's motto is, Pursuing Truth and Defending Liberty Since 1844. And it'll continue to fight to live up to that motto, come what may. Learn more. Go to levinforhillsdale.com. That's L-E-V-I-N for Hillsdale.com. Michael Steele, shockingly, has really turned into a complete sellout to his paymasters at MSLSD, as has Joe Scarborough. And so when they're talking to each other, it's like two fools in a padded cell in a mental institution. And so Michael Steele's contribution to this debate is as follows. Cut to go. The filibuster is used as a wedge, a political insider's game tool to sort of not have to deal with the big policy. Mm-hmm. Rank and file Americans out there are just like, can you just get it done? Right? No, 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 but, but you're such a clown. That's the problem. Can you just get it done? I don't mean to complicate this man's thinking, but it doesn't take much. And same with the buffoon with the bulbous nose who's sitting there shaking his head like he's a bobblehead. That would be Scarborough. The point of government isn't, can you just get it done? Can you just get it done? The point of government isn't the majority rules no matter what. And you would think an African American would understand that. It's a republic, not a democracy. And depending on what factions are in charge, it could be enormously dangerous. So we have a system that is intended, better than any other system, to protect different viewpoints and to prevent a temporary majority from destroying the country, which is what this temporary majority of the Democrat Party is trying to do. Number one, enshrine itself as the majority party forever, so it's not temporary. And number two, destroy the country in so many ways. So the point isn't to... Can you just get it done? The people just want to get it done? Then why have a United States Senate? What the hell is the point of the Senate? Why have a bicameral Congress? Why not just have a big House of Representatives and have direct elections like they do in Italy? Like they do in Israel? Like they do all over the world? And how is that working out? So... They have nothing but disdain for our system. They're attacking our system. Just get it done. Just get it done. Just get what done, genius? Just get it done? What is this, Mussolini's Italy? Get the trains run on time? Damn fool. Go ahead. We, our vote, we're watching states strip away our access to the ballot box. Name one. Name one state that's stripping away our access to the ballot box. Name one. Name one. Go ahead. Putting hurdles in front of us. Can you at least address it? We're not okay, asking. hurdles in front of us. Voting ID. Signature verification. 
You still get early voting, can still vote on the weekends. Some states say, look, if you want absentee ballots, you got to prove it. This has always been the case prior to the virus. Nothing has changed. Nothing. Notice how they're not specific. They refuse to be specific. Instead, they speak in propagandistic terms because that's all he knows. He's a moron. Go ahead federal government to control voting we're asking could you just create a platform no you're not you are asking for the federal government to control voting i'm not going to keep going over and over again on what hr1 and s1 proposed that is for the federal government more particularly the democrat party to control voting to control states that they cannot win control over which is exactly what the framers of the constitution feared except they weren't thinking about a party They were thinking about the federal government. But the Democrat Party is the party of tyranny. That's what it is. Go ahead. Access voting. Shut up, you idiot. Now, Jen Psaki. Wow, she's no partisan. What kind of genius talking point did they develop in the halls of the White House before the press conference. Cut three, go. I can follow up on, on voting rights here. Um, yesterday you said that there's more work to be done. Uh, among that is included engaging state legislatures. But the problems, as Democrats at least see it, is not problems in blue states. Hey, hey. Hey, the problem is, as Democrats see it, meaning her, the so-called journalist, so she'll speak for Democrats, throw a softball to Pisaki, and they're off to the races. Go ahead states where many of these decisions are already being made so what leverage do you actually have and what realistically do you think you can accomplish in some of these hey what can you do about these red states that are following the constitution what can you do about them you have no leverage left what can you do tell us please is there something go ahead well, first, I think uh, the point we've been making is that it's part a federal approach that is needed, and I think it's important to re- remember the federal approach that's needed. They blew four hundred billion dollars in a $1.9 trillion relief bill. According to the GAO, year after year, 25% of the federal budget is blown to waste, fraud, and abuse. The border is wide open, intentionally, so illegal aliens can pour in. It is a disgrace what's taking place in this country. They spend money like they're drunken Marxists. Trillions and trillions in debt. They undermine law enforcement. They undermine the United States military. They put more and more people on welfare. And by that, I mean middle-class suburban people on welfare. And now they want to fix, quote-unquote, our election system, ladies and gentlemen. What could go wrong with that? And that would be the same party that wants to fix our courts, that wants to fix the filibuster rule, that wants to fix the Senate, pack the courts, pack the Senate, kill the filibuster rule so we can get things done. And now we should turn over elections to them. What do you think? Wow. Wouldn't that be great? This is a power grab intended to destroy the political and uh, philosophical diversity of the states. A direct shot in the heart of our constitutional system. Go ahead. At this point, um, state legislatures, as you referenced, across the country are passing a wave of anti-voter laws based on the same... No, they're not. They're not passing anti-voter laws. 
Let's just, why would a red state be anti-voter if it's mostly Republican? Does that make any sense to anybody? Well, you know what? They're passing anti-voter laws. Oh, yeah, yes, they are. They're making it impossible to vote. You know, Michael Steele, so dim when did he can't come up with a voter ID. Oh, my goodness. Oh, what's his problem? And signature verification, we can't have that. That's Jim Crow. We can't have that. That's a literacy test to compare somebody's signature. And you know what's amazing? They're the ones that come up with red tape, pile after pile of regulation. If you actually earn money and pay enough in taxes, you got to look at the tax code under penalty of perjury. You have to sign your your tax return. So if you have a complicated return, you actually have to hire people because you don't know what the hell's going on. But getting a voter ID, my God, how are they going to get? They can't afford that. How are you going to get a voter ID? Now this is Washington. These so-called phony think tanks. The ideologues in the media, you go into various communities. Ami Horowitz has done it. He went, he's gone into black communities. Do you have a voter ID? Yeah, man, why are you asking me such a stupid question? Because these people aren't in the neighborhoods or the hood. They're not in the suburbs. They're nowhere. They talk to each other. It's pathetic. It's sickening. They represent nobody. But they get power. Go ahead. Lies. Ah, shut up, you idiot. There's another idiot. But this filibuster rule, we got to get rid of it because we, the Democrat Party, we have a massive majority in the Senate. 50, excuse me, that's a tie. Wow, we have Kamala Harris. Yeah, that's under what we call the Constitution. She can break ties as the president of the Senate. That's one of her jobs. That and, uh, you know, almost nothing else. Oh, but we have this grand majority of 50 in Kamala. And we can't get things done that we want to get done, like turn the country upside down and inside out. Or Joe Biden says, bottom up, center out, whatever the idiot says. We've got to get rid of this filibuster rule, and we know why. Because Debbie Stabenow, who? Debbie Stabenow, the senior senator from Michigan, says that Alexander Hamilton would want us to do this. Cut four, go my calculus has changed. I came to the Senate 20 years ago. What she ago. means by that, they're all frauds. They see a little window of opportunity. They've all supported the filibuster. They were filibustering left and right Republican nominees to the federal bench. First time in American history we had one after another after another. They weren't just filibustering. They were using the filibuster in ways that it was never used before. Now, hey, we can't with the filibuster. Racism, racism. I've had a, a, a change of heart. Racism, racism. No matter what you tell them. Obama used it. Cory Booker used it. Hey, racism, racism. I've had a change of heart. Oh, Okay. So we should all follow you off the bridge, right? You had a change of heart. Debbie Stabenow. Wow. Go ahead. You, at that time, uh, similar to uh, our senator from Arizona, and the world has completely flipped upside down. We now have a perversion of the rules. We have tyranny of the minority, really. We have a perversion of the rules. Now, we have perverts who abuse the rules. Mental midgets who pervert the rules. Nothing wrong with the rules. You know, the rules, they just get into our way, ladies and gentlemen. We got to get... So they cite the Constitution, and then they trash the Constitution. They cite the filibuster, then they trash the filibuster. You get the point? They want secure borders, and they want open borders. And you get, uh, you know, whiplash, just trying to follow this part. Just keep it... All they want is power. That's all. 
and they want to crush any opposition. Period. Like the Marxists. Like the communist parties in every single country where they take over. I'm not kidding. And the fools in the media go right along with, yeah, that's right. They're right. You've got to admit it. They're right. Go ahead. Alexander Hamilton is probably rolling over in his grave. No, he's not rolling over in his grave at all. Have you read the Federalist Papers, you idiot? He didn't favor pure democracy either. By the way, he was a white man who opposed slavery. I just want to report that so everybody knows that. But Alexander Hamilton is probably rolling over in his grave, ladies and gentlemen. Because Debbie Stabenow and the boys and the girls and the Democrat Party don't have complete power. I wonder what Alexander Hamilton, who fought hard for a national treasury and a national bank and convinced George Washington against Thomas Jefferson, I just wonder what he'd think of Stabenow and the boys and the girls and all their spending and all their money printing. He's rolling over in his grave all right because he detests you. Debbie, may I call you Debbie? Go ahead. The fundamental debate in our Constitution was about majority rule. They debated majority rule. Majority rule, ladies and gentlemen, except when you're in the minority. I'm totally confused, aren't you, Mr. Producer? The majority in this country is white. We have a white majority dominant supremacist country. That needs to genuflect and bend over backwards because of their race. That's it, their race. And now we have Debbie Stabenow, white I might add. A birthing person I might add. There she is, talking about majority rule, majority rule. Well, under our system, the majority does not always rule. That's why we have a third branch of government called courts. Under our system, we have a Senate where this moron serves. And the Senate was created as a potential buffer to the House, and so the states would be represented. So if they really believe their pablum, then we need to do more than pass H.R. 1 and S. 1. We need to eliminate our constitutional system, replace it with an Italian-like parliamentary system, where we have 412 political parties, and they're constantly at each other's throats, minority parties trying to cobble together a majority. You saw it happen in the state of Israel. If this is what you really believe, why isn't Stebenow on the floor of the Senate proposing an amendment to eliminate the Senate? You idiot. I'll be right back. Mark Levin. Hillsdale College serves four purposes. Learning, character, faith, and freedom. Now, education and faith thrive in freedom, and freedom requires an educated people, a people of good character to preserve it. Hillsdale College has been providing the education needed to preserve free government for over 175 years, and it continues to provide that education today, not only to its 1,500 undergraduate and graduate students, but nationwide. Through its free online courses, its support of classical K-12 charter schools, and its other outreach efforts on behalf of Liberty. Hillsdale's Articles of Association, dating back to 1844, commit the college to preserving the blessings of civil and religious liberty through the provision of sound learning. This learning includes the Constitution. It includes the laws of nature and nature's God, as described in the Declaration of Independence. It includes America's great heritage and liberty that too often today is falsely derided and denied. 
Hillsdale's motto is pursuing truth and defending liberty since 1844. And it'll continue to fight to live up to that motto, come what may. Learn more. Go to levinforhillsdale.com. That's L-E-V-I-N for Hillsdale.com. There's two grave threats that we face in this republic. Two grave threats to our liberty, to our way of life, our security, to our constitutional system, to our families, to our faith and belief system. That is communist China, Islamo-Nazi Iran, communist North Korea, fascistic Russia, and so forth, but really at the top would be China. And then internally, the Democrat Party and this American Marxist movement. This American Marxist movement is much more complex and difficult to deal with because they use our Constitution and our liberty to destroy both. They've already destroyed aspects of the First Amendment, such as a free press. We don't have a free press. We have people who are free to say whatever they want, but that's not press. That's not media. That's propaganda. So we don't have a free press. There's a few brave souls that make an attempt at it, and there's a few independents that actually practice it. But when it comes to the corporatists, we do not have a free press, among other things. And the Bill of Rights, the Bill of Rights are your rights. It's a Bill of Rights to protect you from the federal government are constantly under attack by the media, except for themselves, by Hollywood, by academia, and the Democrat Party. Tomorrow, Joe Biden is going to blame crime on the Second Amendment. He won't blame it on Democrats in the inner cities. He won't blame it on letting criminals, violent criminals, out of prison early. He won't blame it on open borders and violent criminals coming into this country. He won't blame it on violent gangs. None of that. He'll blame it on guns. Makes it easier. It's like blaming slavery and segregation on the filibuster rule. It's the Democrats. Do you know why we have a high murder, rape, assault rate in our cities? The Democrats. The Democrats. Do you know why the budget's utterly out of control? The Democrats. you know why we've opened borders? The Democrats. And learn more by getting your copy of American Marxism. Please pre-order your copy. All of this and more. Much more is covered in the book. And now it's our turn to push back. You see it in Loudoun County and some of these other counties. Kudos. God bless these great people. But it's not enough. This is happening all over the country. And it's happening in multiple ways in our classrooms, outside of our classrooms. So if you could, jump in with both feet, like so many of your fellow patriots and Levinites. It's almost 40% off on Amazon.com. American Marxism. I'll be right back. He's here. He's here. Now, broadcasting from the underground command post... Deep in the bowels of a hidden bunker, somewhere under the brick and steel of a nondescript building, we've once again made contact with our leader, Mark Levin. 
Hello, America. Mark Levin here. Our number, 877-381-3811-877-381-3811. You look around the federal government and presidential appointments, Joe Biden. They talk about firsts, has appointed more racists, out and out, full-throated racists, to high positions than any president in American history, other than maybe Democrat Woodrow Wilson. And I'm not kidding. More racists. If you support critical race theory, you're racist. It's that simple. This is uh, uh, Louis Farrakhan dressed up as some kind of a uh, serious scholarship, which it's not, but it's Louis Farrakhan. Separatism, uh, black nationalism, that sort of thing, and that is exactly what's going on here. As I say, it's all dressed up in fancy jargon by law professors and Ivy League types, but it is what it is. There's simply no question about it. And um, there's a father at a school board meeting I guess it's in Colorado somewhere, right, Mr. Producer? Oops, Pennsylvania. I was close. My home state. And he's at a school board meeting, and he's had enough, too. Cut 11, go. I'm quoting just a minute. Do not talk over me. This is my comment, not your comment. I'm quoting to you now from the United States Supreme Court 1964 case, New York Times versus Sullivan. This is constitutional case law in this country, and I'm quoting you from the U.S. Supreme Court. The The judges wrote that this nation is founded on the, quote, profound national commitment to the principle that debate on public issues shall be uninhibited, robust, and wide open, and that it may well include vehement, caustic, and sometimes unpleasantly sharp attacks on government and public officials. That's constitutional case law in this nation. I don't have to be nice to you. Nobody behind me has to be nice to you. If you don't like living in the United States of America, then you can all move to Russia, Cuba, or China. This is the First Amendment. And I will, I will, caution, you, I will caution you, solicitor. There is a video camera to my left. If you edit this tape, then you're going to have a big legal problem on your hands because my right to critique your fascism, which is what this is, is constitutionally protected. There are emails, public record emails, in which the director of equity is lobbying and advocating for public comment to be censored in this school district. And you know what? You know what? Lobbying for it, advocating for it. We've got the school board president saying she'll do better at hitting the moot button in blatant violation of the Constitution for her lobbying and her advocacy of unconstitutional censorship. I want you, the school board, to terminate the employment of Dr. Charissa Gibson with immediate effect. terminated her employment, I want all of you to tender your resignations for hating on this country. We have a God-given constitutional right to critique you, and we can speak in any lawful tone that we see fit. Oh, this Don't guy is good. Around, Benito, because this is the United States of America. You have a good... Uh, one more thing. I want to make a verbal request right now for an unedited copy of the tape. So if any of you delete it, you're going to have a big legal problem. Good night. I play these when we can get them to encourage you, to inspire you. 
This is leading the way to July 13th. Which I think should be a national holiday, don't you, Mr. Producer? I mean, they hand out national holidays like they hand out lollipops now. I think July 13th, with the release of American Marxism, should be a national holiday, don't you, sir? Absolutely. Joe Biden likes to say America's back. He has no idea. America's back. And we're going to be stronger. We're going to be more united. We're going to be more vociferous than ever before. We won't be looting and burning. We won't be shooting and terrorizing. We'll be using our free speech and our right to associate, assemble, and peacefully protest. We're going to use our brains. That's what we're going to do in this audience. You can see the impact you and this program have already had over three months of intensive discussion about critical race theory. And we're going to spread out from that into these other areas where the government now, the Biden appointees, setting their policies and so forth are hitting the ground running. They don't get away with it either. And they're not going to get away with it either. I told you about the story when I was elected to a school board. And we started a Tea Party movement before there was a Tea Party movement. My little township of Cheltenham outside of Philadelphia. And I helped form a group called the Committee for Tax Limitation because the school board was massively increasing property taxes. They had given away the store to the teachers' union because they didn't want the school shut down. And people were in row homes, relatively modest homes, and they couldn't afford it. They were having to leave or they were losing their homes. So I was 19 years old and I decided to run. And we had a Tea Party Revolution, before there was a national tea party. Then I was involved in the Reagan Revolution and the National Tea Party Revolution with liberty and tyranny, among other things. And now we're going to lead another movement, hopefully, you and I. And it's going to be very difficult and very satisfying. It's going to be very frustrating and very exciting. We'll see where we go. We'll see what happens. But it's a movement that they're going to have to deal with. And the stronger we become, the more they're going to throw racist epithets at us. Oh, you must be a white supremacist. No, and you're a dumb bastard. These school districts are actually paying a lot of money to hire people who train on racism. Your tax dollars again. There are things that can be done about this and there are things that we need to do about this. And there are things that will be done about this. But for the last three months of as I have touched on a number of these issues, this is a national microphone. This is a national town hall meeting every single night. That's why I call it that. This is where we all gather together. Patriots, red-blooded Americans of every stripe, immigrants, long-time citizens, doesn't matter to us. 
you're into liberty, we're into you. And this is where we meet. This is where we've met for almost 20 years. And here we are again. Except this time the, the battle is, is more complex, more daunting than ever before. Because our institutions, so many of them have been devoured, have been bastardized, and then they're used to attack us, like the media is a perfect example. Chuck Todd, George Stepanopoulos, Strahan, others. Star athletes are militarized to attack average, regular Americans to make the most poisonous statements about people they don't even know who beg them for their signature, who buy their jerseys and sneakers. They hate the very people who make them rich. I'm not talking about white people. This is the problem with the Democrats. I'm talking about all of us. All of us. And so here we are. I originally thought of calling my book Repression, Censorship, and something else. Then I said to myself, no, that's not going to cut it. Describing a little bit of what they do does not describe everything that needs to be discussed. In the end, what are these people? They're Marxists. Well, they may not follow every little aspect of Marxism. I didn't say they did. They take the fundamentals and then try to use them in the American system. I said, hey, American Marxism, that's what it is. And that's what it is. Not American democratic socialism, not American community activism, not American progressivism, not American... No. And you now hear people talking about Marxism freely. The vast, overwhelming majority of people who used to talk about this racism that's being taught in our schools, first of all, didn't know it was called critical race theory. Secondly, didn't know it was founded by communists in our country, Marxists. And thirdly, didn't know it's been around for decades, particularly in our universities and colleges, and now it's being pushed into our public schools. And now, it needs to be pushed out. The last chapter of the book is called, We Choose Liberty. Now, there was a debate. Not really a debate, a discussion between my wife and I about whether it should be called, We Choose Liberty or Pushback. And again, I thought to myself, pushback is a description of what we're doing. We Choose Liberty is a more accurate discussion or characterization I should say of what's going on here we choose liberty not subservience now I know sometimes it seems overwhelming it is they have big media and big tech 24-7 media in every form social media in virtually every form. 
They control the narrative in our universities. They're controlling the narrative through the NEA and the AFT and our public school systems. They control the narrative when you watch commercials on TV or public service announcements. When you watch a movie, there it is, you can't get away from it. Then the vicious name-calling, the vicious name-calling intended to shut you up. But here's what the American Marxists don't understand. We're Americans, not Marxists. And we don't bow down to them, and we don't buckle to them. Each of us are proud of our own ancestry. Each of us come from a different place in the world. That's okay. That's good. That's the American experiment. Most countries can't say that. Especially most countries in the third world. They can't say that. Most countries south of the border can't say that. Most countries in the African continent can't say that. Most countries in the Middle East can't say that. Most countries in the Far East can't say that. We can say that. America is a relatively new country. Comparatively speaking. It's the most diverse country on the face of the earth. Did you know that? And there are people now trying to take advantage of that. Diabolical scholars, quote-unquote, and lawyers, quote-unquote, several decades ago, developed this model. And so they hope to railroad us crush any opposition, dismiss it as illegitimate or conspiratorial or Republican or whatever it is. I'm not interested in Republican. I'm not interested in Democrat. This is a battle of liberty versus tyranny. That's what it is. That's what it is. Americanism versus Marxism. That's what it is. That's what it is. You and I don't seek to centralize all power in the federal government. You and I don't seek to wipe out the Democrat Party and other competition. You and I don't seek to prevent anybody from voting. They do. You see, by everybody voting, whenever they want, wherever they want, it's impossible to know if everybody who's voting is voting legitimately. So as a consequence, people who vote once and follow the law and vote legitimacy are having their votes Neutralized. Your franchise stolen. That's never discussed, is it? Then it never will be. I'll be right back. Mark Lovin. Over 2,000 of you, my listeners, made the switch from overpriced wireless carriers to Pure Talk over the past few months. We want the rest of you to join us and to see what we're talking about. If you're with AT&T and Verizon or T-Mobile, your family could save over $800 a year just by switching to Pure Talk. You get great coverage, you can keep your phone and your number, and you'll save a fortune. Pure Talk is the top-rated wireless company by Consumer Affairs with the absolute best consumer service team based right here in America. Does that sound good? Well, it gets better. Right now, get unlimited talk, text, and six gigs of data, just $30 a month. And if you go over on data, they don't charge you for it. They don't care. Go to puretalkusa.com. 
and enter promo code Levin Podcast. Again, puretalkusa.com, promo code Levin, L E V I N Podcast. And when you do, you'll save 50% off your first month. That's puretalkusa.com, promo code Levin Podcast. Pure Talk USA, simply smarter wireless. Becky Pringle. Becky Pringle. Did you know she's president of the National Education Association? Becky Pringle. Wow. And here I thought I was talking, listening to Mrs. Potato Head there. What good does she have to say as head of the NEA, which is the, one of the most anti-education, anti-children entities ever? But that's okay. She's on CBS News today, you know. The big network platforms in the morning, they can't wait to have their conga line of left-wing kooks and radicals and American Marxists spewing their hate. Corporate media, ladies and gentlemen, freedom of the press. What does Becky Pringle of the NEA have to contribute? Cut 12, go. We know, as a, I can tell you as a teacher for over 30 years, this is what I know about my students. When they teach, when you teach them the truth, they have the creative uh, imaginations about what they can actually do to make a difference so that they can actually confront the injustices that have uh, been built into every social system within this country. Okay, lady, excuse me, birthing person, listen to me. It's not up to your two or three million members to be teaching social activism to any of our kids or grandkids. You seem to have enough trouble just teaching. We are sick and tired of your politics, which is all Democrat. We are sick and tired of your ideology, which is all radical left. We pay you at the NEA a fortune to teach our kids. We have a public school system to teach our children arithmetic, literature, reading, history, and the like. Not your putrid, pathetic, ideological claptrap. I don't care if you have 30 years experience or not. Why is it that only experience matters when you're a leftist, but when it's experience of our country and history, we're to reject it? I say this. You keep your damn politics out of our classrooms. Becky Pringle and the Pringlets. Enough is enough. I'll be right back. So tomorrow, Joe Biden will have uh, his Politburo that surrounds him cobbled together a bunch of words on note cards where he'll talk about gun as the source of violence in this country. Guns. It's like the filibuster. We got to get rid of the filibuster. We got to get rid of guns. See, they don't want to address the people behind the filibuster and what they've done over the decades. They don't want to address the people who pull the trigger on the guns. No, 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 no. It's the guns. It's the guns. Even though we know more people are killed in this country with knives, those are the statistics. Hey, who cares? Facts don't matter when you're debating the left. They just don't. It's their agenda. They drive the narrative. 
They have morons like Chuck Todd out there pushing the narrative because they're good little Democrat soldiers. They're not going to talk about the root causes of crime. You know, when it comes to immigration, the, uh, the second birthing person, a.k.a. the vice president, she'll go to Guatemala. We go, hey, you know, we got to get to the root causes, and we had really a good, uh, good meeting. I would call it a success if I were grading myself. Can we get to the root causes of crime? No. What are you, white racist? Ooh. It's guns. Guns. Okay, it's guns. The Democrats have answers to nothing. Because they reject reason and knowledge and science while claiming to embrace all of them. So it's going to be guns. It's because it's easy. It's easy to control you. Not criminals who get guns, but you. They don't have an answer to what's going on in our inner cities. Because they run the damn inner cities. And they have for half a century. And they don't intend to give it up. Under any circumstances. So you don't have good quality schools. You don't have safe neighborhoods. So they attack the cops. They attack charter schools. They attack all those things that bring law and order or civil society to areas that are crime-ridden. That's all. And then they blame the Republicans for discrimination and racism. Pretty neat gig, huh? And so they're not going to talk about black-on-black murder and black-on-black crime. They're not going to talk about it, even though it is a, a horrific you know, fact that goes on in this country. When you look at the government's own statistics. This isn't racism. This is wanting to help people and protect people. It's not cops doing all this. It's people doing it to people. What it is is gangs and drugs. In some cases, illegal aliens, the MS-13 gangs. And because the Democrats believe in so-called bail reform, which is no bail, because George Soros... The king of the Democrats and their funding is putting in place prosecutors who won't prosecute, quite the contrary, because they appoint liberal judges who don't believe in strong penalties for violent criminals. This is the world the Democrats have created. This is the world the American Marxist has created. So they're not going to blame themselves. They're not going to take the time to even look at it. It's guns. Those damn Republicans and their guns. That's the problem. we got to go after gun manufacturers. We have to go after ammunition manufacturers. <coughs> Just too many damn guns in the country. You know, drugs are outlawed in most parts of this country, even putting aside marijuana. Hard drugs, right? Has that prevented hard drugs from being used by these gangs to fund their activities? Has that prevented cartels from making billions and billions of dollars? No. You have to go after the people who are doing these things. The evil isn't in the gun. The evil is in the person who abuses the gun. But none of this is going to matter. None of it. Joe Biden's been around half a century. Bloviating, 
spewing his carbon monoxide and dioxide. That's right. He has no ideas whatsoever. And the radical Marxists with whom he surrounds himself and the racists with whom he surrounds himself, they're going to be blaming the white dominant society that doesn't even exist in many of these communities. Rather than the people who have evil intent and do diabolical things. That's why you judge people as individual human beings. Not as groups based on physical features. I can't even believe it. it's 2021 and I have to keep saying this. I can't even believe it. That we now have the Farrakhan Hamas wing of the Democrat Party. It's incredible. And so here's a taste of it. Cut 13, go. So yes, we believe that a central driver of violence is gun violence and is the use of guns. We're seeing that statistically in a lot of areas, but he also believes that we need to ensure that state and local governments keep cops on the beat, that we're supporting community policing, and that's a key part of it as well. Oh, wow. Isn't that fascinating? You need to keep cops on the beat, and we are supporting community policing. You need to keep cops on the beat. How about when their precincts are being burned down? How about when they're being beaten to a pulp? Keep cut. What, what, what is this, a comic book administration? We need community policing. We have community policing. Every major city in this country is community policing. That's not a new concept. That's only about 40 years old. There is community policing. Go ahead. Just said again, you guys want to keep cops on the beat, but there are reports that big cities are having a very difficult time recruiting officers right now. And there are many other reports that morale is at an all-time low in big police departments. So why does the president think that there's low morale with police officers on the beat? I don't think we're the right entity to give an assessment of that. I'd certainly look to the police Hey, look, we're going to come up with a plan, but we, we look... We can't explain why there's low morality in a police force. Sure you can. Black Lives Matter, Antifa, radical Democrat mayors, phony bail reform. Sure you can. You can explain it, but you don't want to explain it. So just point the guns. Guns. Go ahead. But what I would say to you is that the president has never supported defunding the police. He's always supported. Uh, All right, thank you. Now shut up. Go away, will you? Just shut up and go away. I'll be right back. Mark Lovin. Over 2,000 of you, my listeners, made the switch from overpriced wireless carriers to Pure Talk over the past few months. We want the rest of you to join us and to see what we're talking about. If you're with AT&T and Verizon or T-Mobile, your family could save over $800 a year just by switching to Pure Talk. You get great coverage, you can keep your phone and your number, and you'll save a fortune. Pure Talk is the top-rated wireless company by Consumer Affairs with the absolute best consumer service team based right here in America. Does that sound good? Well, it gets better. Right now, get unlimited talk, text, and six gigs of data, just $30 a month. And if you go over on data, they don't charge you for it. They don't care. Go to puretalkusa.com. 
and enter promo code Levin Podcast. Again, puretalkusa.com, promo code Levin, L E V I N Podcast. And when you do, you'll save 50% off your first month. That's puretalkusa.com, promo code Levin Podcast. Pure Talk USA, simply smarter wireless. KFLD, John in Richland, Washington. Go right ahead, sir. Hey, how you doing, Mark? Very well, thank you, sir. So I got a question about um, gun control. What do you think is going to happen in the next four or five years? Because, you know, I'm a normal man, and I love... Well, that's, uh, that's your opinion. Okay. All and right. why do you identify um, yourself based on your genitalia? You know, we're not supposed to do that. Okay. I'm just kidding you. Uh, what do I think is going to happen? Yeah. I think that uh, with Hollywood, John Roberts has head of the Supreme Court that the Second Amendment is not safe. Yeah. And I've seen a couple of these other appointees, Kavanaugh and, uh, and Comey. What's the name of Comey Barrett, I guess. They make me yeah, very nervous. Make me very nervous. Mm-hmm. So uh, we shall see. But it's clear the Democrat Party is crapping all over the Constitution. It's one thing when they crap yeah, all over themselves on a daily basis, but now they want to out in public. Mm-hmm. Any other question, my friend? Give um, peace a chance. God bless just, you. Let's continue. Robert, Empire, Michigan, the great WTCM. Go. Hey, Mark. You know, every time that you've spoken about selling 50,000 copies of your book, then 75,000 copies, then 125,000 copies, Excuse me, sir. We're at 140,000, but who's counting? All right, 150,000, let's say. Yes, we are actually at 150. That's 140,000 hardcover. But people ask me, so I I give them an answer. Okay, but I'm saying, at this point, I look at every one of these books sold as a vote, and it's a vote for the Constitution, and it's a vote for freedom. And if there are 700 million to 800 million people that voted for Donald Trump, then I see no reason. You mean why 70 million to 80 million? I'm sorry, then that's right. So at that point, I still don't see why there haven't been that many volumes sold already, because it is a vote for the Constitution, and a viz is a vote for freedom. Well, sir, we'll see. You never know what's going to happen. But I want to thank you for your, uh, your marketing promotion. I really do. Well, I, I firmly believe it, Mark. I really do. I'm doing my damnedest. I really am. People, look, he's hawking as well. I am a hawking liberty. That's what I do. That's why I'm behind this microphone. And to be perfectly honest, the least amount of money I make is from my books. That's why most hosts don't write them. They don't write them on their own. They don't spend the weekends on it. They don't spend the nights on it. It's not worth their time. For me, it is another way of communicating and a very, very important way of communicating. So I do it. And this one's the most important one I've ever written by far, given the times that we face. And Robert, I want to thank you for your outstanding call. I appreciate it, buddy. Let us continue. Let's see. Let's go to Alex, Brooklyn, New York, the great WABC. Quickly, go, Alex. Go. Hey, Mark. Thanks for taking my call. Yes. So Democrats say that it's racist 
to make that you should have to show a photo ID in order to vote because black people don't have ID cards. And now that's not true. Black people have ID cards as much as white people. But if they believe that black people don't have photo ID cards, then they are the racists because they're only fighting for the rights of the black people when it comes to voting. There are so many other issues that someone that doesn't have an ID card have has they can't go to the bank to open a bank account without an id card they can't get onto an airplane without an id card so black people are stuck in this terribly racist country for always now what it is is the so-called advocates for minority community they're the racists they stereotype the people they claim to represent they're repugnant and repulsive and stacy abrams and we played her contradictions she said the voting id was uh was basically racist it was an effort to uh suppress the black vote and now that she saw the polls that 80% of Americans of all stripes and, and both parties believes you should have a voting ID, now she's pulled back and said, hey, I never said we shouldn't have a voting ID. So they lie. They just lie and lie and lie. And if you ask any American, do you think a 16 or 17-year-old should vote? Overwhelmingly, regardless of community, they'll say, no, of course not. They're just coming out of puberty, for God's sakes. Oh, okay. Do you think somebody who's not a citizen should vote? What do you think most people would say? Of course not. Do you think somebody should be able to show that they are actually who they are with, by comparing signatures? Of course they should. Oh, no, you don't understand. That's Jim Crow. It's like counting jelly beans in a jar. These people don't represent these communities. The problem is we have a media, particularly in these communities, that lie about people who want to compete for their votes, that lie about people who have good ideas. That's why the press is not free. It's a propaganda machine controlled by these major corporations that appear to be very pleased with what's going on in our inner cities and very pleased about Joe Biden and very pleased uh, with the laxed approach to communist China and other regimes where they want to make their money and place their investments. These people aren't for liberty. They're not for representative government. They're not for a true vote. And I'll be right back. Ladies and gentlemen, this final hour of the podcast is sponsored exclusively by AMAC, the Association of Mature American Citizens. Now over 2 million conservative members strong, AMAC believes in and stands up for the values that we care about, faith, family, and freedom. Thank you for listening, and please support AMAC. And you can become a member at amac.us slash join. He's here. He's here. Now, broadcasting from the underground command post, deep in the bowels of a hidden bunker, somewhere under the brick and steel of a nondescript building, we've once again made contact with our leader, Mark Levin. Hello, America. Mark Levin here. Our number, 877-381-3811. 773813811. We'll be taking more calls this hour, of course. Peter Daszak, didn't I talk about him and do that interview on the Fox show like a month ago, Mr. Producer? I think I did. Repetition is monotonous, isn't it? I think it is. Don Lemon on CNN yesterday. Don Lemon has no ratings. They're now uh, sort of in a race to the bottom. B.S., Brian Helter-Stelter, Don Lemon, or as he's known in the trade, D. Lemon. That's his street name. 
Uh, and all the uh, so-called hosts at CNN, it's actually quite funny to watch the Constipated News Network. And when you look at this guy, Jeff Motherzucker, that's one ugly dude. I'm not trying to be rude, Mr. Producer, and I, you know, as you well know me, I typically stay away from the physical characteristics of my fellow human beings. Even though the left wants to drag us into genitalia land, I, I, I resist. But this guy, Jeff Motherzucker, you have to wonder, how did he get where he is? Certainly not on his looks. Certainly not on his brains. And all of you ugly, stupid liberals out there, you should take heart. Look, look at what Jeff Motherzucker has achieved. He's become an incredibly wealthy white supremacist, and he sucks at what he does. I mean, it's an amazing thing. And there's D. Lemon. I feel bad for D. Lemon. He's oppressed. He lives in our society. He's part of the resistance. Every day he gets up in his multi-million dollar condo, no doubt about it. Walks around. Says things like, aren't I great? Goes to CNN. He's out there. He's putting his neck on the line for his three or four viewers. Has a wonderful banter back and forth with Fredo Cuomo. Irrational, unethical. Nonetheless, it's a banter. And everybody's out to get him. These people are paranoid on the left. Everyone's out to get me. Out to get me. What am I going to do? Think I'll get in my Mercedes Benz and get the hell out of town. Anyway, it's embarrassing to work for a so called network like CNN, the constipated news network. Hey, how are your ratings going? We're not about ratings here at CNN, we're about the truth. Oh, you're a loser. Then you go over to MSLSD and they have the likes. Of a Joe Scarborough. Joe Scarborough was a child actor. You may have seen him in Deliverance. He was the banjo boy on the bridge. Joe Scarborough there was playing an inbred. Of course, we know he's not. But he's grown up to look like the big banjo boy on the bridge. As he's moved in and out of politics and in and out of broadcasting, failing at all. Whatever he touched turns to uh, crap. There he is on the Morning Joe. They name a show after the guy. The Morning Joe. Wow. The Morning Joe. Like coffee, you know. It's very clever. Very corny, very clever. And the Morning Joe has transitioned before transitioning was well celebrated and protected as a civil right. He's transitioned. From a stupid conservative to a stupid liberal. With that stupid way that he talks, Mr. Producer. Hey, yeah, hey, yeah, hey, yeah, hey, yeah. Whatever. Hey, yeah, Mika. Mika. And he surrounds himself with lightweights, halfwits, nitwits, and others. Bobbleheads are always shaking their heads up and down and agreeing with the morning, Joe. Yes, Joe. Yes. 
They have that guy, Donnie Douche. You remember him, Mr. Producer? Donnie Douche is about three feet, seven inches tall. Thinks he's a tough guy. Hey, all these Trump supporters are neo-Nazis. Where are we going for lunch? Anyway, he's a real puke. Uh, Don Lemon, I haven't lost my train of thought here, folks. He's on CNN yesterday, and he, he wants you to know the following. Since nobody heard it, I'll play it. Cut 19, go. We haven't made as much progress at, as you would think, as people would like to think. And what progress Progress about made? what, genius? What are you talking about now? What, what, what are you talking about? Uh, okay, let's go. Go ahead. Eight some. Let's, uh, don't get me wrong. But the progress we've made is really fragile. Mm. A new study from the University of California, Berkeley. Finds oh, that- University of California, Berkeley. Well, by all means, tell us, Professor. Go. Major metropolitan areas all across this country have become more racially segregated in the last 30 years. You know, I have to laugh at this in a sick way. Because more and more of these universities are having segregated graduations. Have you seen that, Mr. Producer? Okay, everybody, in the name of unity and diversity, we're going to have, all right, the black kids, you're going to have your graduation Tuesday, the Hispanic kids Wednesday, Asian kids, uh, why do we have Asian kids here? The Supreme Court said we can discriminate against you. Nonetheless, they're here, and the white supremacists on on Thursday, and the Jews, we're going to have them doing Shabbat because we can't really get the assembly room. Okay, there we are. Now, this is going on in our universities all across the country. They can't make up their minds on the left. Do they want segregation or do they want integration? Do they want unity or do they want separatism? They want it all and they want nothing. But anyway, when I want an intelligent explanation, I always turn to Don Lemon. Go ahead. Or segregated, not less. Really? 81% of regions with more than 200,000 residents were more segregated in 2019. You know what I'd like to know? I'd like to know about wealth. Where do the wealthy television hosts, who are minorities, where do they live? Where are the wealthy athletes who are minorities, where do they live? Where are the wealthy entertainers in Hollywood, where do they live? Many of them are like Sheldon Whitehouse, a.k.a. Outhouse. They say one thing and they do another. They say one thing and they do another. Why do Don Lemon and LeBron James, and not just them, Steph Curry, you know, blah, blah, blah. Why do they choose not to live in dangerous inner city neighborhoods? Why? Don Lemon, can you explain that? Until you have the guts to explain that, you're a nobody. Nobody wants to live in dangerous neighborhoods, that's why. They want to get the hell out of them. That's called survival. That's called intelligence, regardless of your race. Nobody wants to have their life threatened. Nobody wants their family to be brought up in that kind of environment. And that's why Don Lemon won't confront it and address it. And this is the problem we face in this country. It's not guns per se. It's not white supremacy per se. It's that we have communities that are dangerous, where children aren't getting educated, where families are falling apart, 
They're all run by Democrats, every single one of them. They're failing. They don't want to even try anything else. And Don Lemon's never going to bring that up. You want to know why? Because he's part of that ideological, what should I call it, ideological fascism, ideological tyranny, I'll call it. Go ahead. We're in 1990. And that's in spite of fair housing laws and policies to promote integration. It has nothing to do with fair housing laws. People aren't being discriminated about where they can and cannot live. What the study doesn't say or what you're not saying is the suburbs are more diverse than ever before. Ever before. There's more interracial marriage than ever before. When people like Donnie Lemon and the others get out of the way, people want to get along. They want to love each other. But that doesn't serve the best interests of the Democrat Party, now does it? They're about attacking the system and, and stirring the pot and creating anxiety and hatred and anger. Go ahead. So take a look nah, at that. Nah, shut up, you idiot. I'll be right back. Mark Lovin. AMAC, the Association of Mature American Citizens, is one of the fastest growing organizations in America. Now over 2 million conservative members strong, and I'm one of them. AMAC believes in and stands up for the values that we constitutional conservatives care about. More than talk, AMAC fights. A full-time presence in Washington, AMAC pushes back against reckless spending, disasters like Medicare for All, and the expanding reach of the federal government. And beyond advocacy, joining AMAC gives you access to a wealth of benefits and discounts, including special member-only rates on car insurance, travel discounts, cell phone plans, and a hell of a lot more. And if that's not enough, you'll get AMAC's bi-monthly magazine full of insightful articles on issues that matter to most of us, we conservatives. As I said, I'm an AMAC member, and you should be too. Join today at amac.us. That's A-M-A-C dot U-S. Stop supporting the liberal agenda that the other 50-plus organization has been pushing for. Join AMAC instead. A-M-A-C dot U-S. I have an entire section on the book called Propaganda, Censorship, and Subversion. I was saying that's what I was thinking of calling the book, but instead I put an entire, it's over 50 pages, which is a lot for a book. And I point out, and I've told you this already, that Karl Marx was a journalist, and he actually wrote for the New York Tribune. He wrote a column in the New York Tribune. And there was a book written about 13 years ago that examined his various articles. And the author of the book points out, in my own words, as I explain in my book, that Marx approached journalism as modern journalists do today. That is, he was unencumbered by a commitment to actual news reporting. Instead, his reporting would shape the news around his own opinions and ideology. So this is an American Marxism. You wonder about today's media and Chuck Todd and so forth. These are their true mentors. And the author of, is a fellow by the name of Ledbetter. And he said, after 1848, Marx learned the power of counter-revolution. And began to believe that existing systems of government and economy could not be overthrown until a relatively informed and organized proletariat 
could be mobilized to do so. As it became clear with every passing year, many nations such organization was decades away if it existed at all. So I point out that Marx understood the power of mass communication and the need to control it and shape it to frame events and opinions. In other words, the purpose was to propagandize, not inform. So I have a good little bunch of American Marxists and pseudo-Marxists in our media today, which is why they never condemn Marxism or Marxists. Have you noticed? Never. Ledbetter explains that Marx was indeed a revolutionary advocating his ideology, but he was first and foremost a journalist. He wrote, Marx today is taught as an economic theorist, as a political thinker, and to some degree as a historian and philosopher. Each category is valid. Each is also incomplete. The historical record at least suggests another category, that Marx should be thought of as a professional writer, as a journalist. The Penguin Classics volume I've edited, he says, is but a sample. Overall, Marx produced with the help from Engels, who's actually smarter than Marx, nearly 500 articles for the Tribune, which together amassed nearly seven volumes of the two men's 50-volume collected works. I think we come closer to understanding the importance of rhetoric in Marx's work if we think of him as a journalist, writes Ledbetter. So you see. The modern journalist. Wittingly or not, it's irrelevant. I've taken a page out of the very long volumes that Marx and Engels wrote. Because they don't believe in facts and objectivity and knowledge and reporting either. They're doing exactly what Marx used to do, including in the New York Tribune. Pretty fascinating, isn't it? But like I've said many times, we need to understand who these people are, what they're doing, in order to push back and ultimately defeat them. Let's go to Jimmy. Jimmy, Brooklyn, New York, the great WABC. Go right ahead. Mark, you're doing a great job. I can't wait to see the book. Thank you, Jimmy. Sounds like it's heaven sent. You really got a good grasp on this. You know, let me just add something real quick. 1989, when the communists in China massacred those kids and students in Tiananmen Square, those kids were playing rock and roll music. They had their own Statue of Liberty. They wanted freedom, and they got massacred, many of them, thousands of them. And by the way, people don't know that when the cameras turned off, they were slaughtered. Right. and They were butchered, including the guy who stood in front of the tank who never appeared again. Right, when nobody ever knows what happened to him. But some of those kids who escaped, that's June 4th. The very next month, July 4th, some of them were in New York. So we had the protests outside the U.N. We're there at the U.N. July 4th, early, and a bunch of Chinese kids come running up to us that... I'm a little bit out of breath, I'm sorry. Take it easy. There was a a group in New York, in Washington Square Park, on July 4th, that was planning to burn the American flag. You had students who witnessed the Tiananmen Square massacre June 4th, the very next month, in New York. They rushed down to Greenwich Village to defend the American flag from American students who were burning the American flag. Now, we got down there a little bit late. The event ended. But the idea that Chinese students who witnessed the communists murdering their, their friends and brothers were in America trying to defend the American flag from American students 
it was absolutely, it was sickening and heartwarming at the same time. But it looks like it takes a foreigner, somebody who lived through communism, to really understand the beauty of America. And thanks to you, I hope more Americans wake up to it. The Vietnamese are awake, the Chinese are awake, the Cubans, the Ukrainians, all the people I know. Venezuelans, you can go right down the list. You're exactly right. They're the greatest patriots we have. Eastern Europeans that were held under the thumb of the Soviet Union, same thing. Now you're quite right. All right, Jimmy, thank you for your call, my friend. Jimmy is a just a tremendous patriot who's been with this program for two decades almost. Let us continue, shall we? Let's see. Um, let's see here. Let's go to Roy, Tulsa, Oklahoma, on the Mark Levin app. Roy, go right ahead, please, quickly, sir. Hi, Mark. You're the best one here. You know, I'm an old fart. When well, I was thank a cop, you. We opposed big government. Mm-hmm. We wanted our freedom. We didn't trust government. It seems now the young folk are are so willing to give up their lives to government. They hate Trump because you know, Trump. Well, here, here's the thing. I keep saying these things. I wrote a book called Plunder and Deceit for young people so they could understand how they're being uh, exploited. Um wasn't the best-selling book of my books. It was a very good-selling book. But I was hoping that young people would read that. But even more than that, there's a dichotomy here, if not a contradiction, which is young people, at least psychologically, historically, have resisted what? Authority. And yet what is it that the Democrats and the Marxists offer them? Authoritarianism. And this is what needs to be explained to them. You actually want liberty. Those who are racist, those who are oppressors, are the people who control the law and abuse it. It's not the people who are in the private sector. It's not the people who live and let live. It's not their parents. It's not their family members. But it takes parents and grandparents sort of drumming this into their kids and their grandkids. The problem is... The public schools and the colleges and universities have control over their children eventually far more than a father and a mother do. I'll be right back. AMAC, the Association of Mature American Citizens, is one of the fastest growing organizations in America. Now over 2 million conservative members strong, and I'm one of them. AMAC believes in and stands up for the values that we constitutional conservatives care about. More than talk, AMAC fights. A full-time presence in Washington, AMAC pushes back against reckless spending, disasters like Medicare for All, and the expanding reach of the federal government. And beyond advocacy, joining AMAC gives you access to a wealth of benefits and discounts, including special member-only rates on car insurance, travel discounts, cell phone plans, and a hell of a lot more. And if that's not enough, you'll get AMAC's bi-monthly magazine full of insightful articles on issues that matter to most of us, we conservatives. As I said, I'm an AMAC member, and you should be too. Join today at amac.us. That's A-M-A-C dot U-S. Stop supporting the liberal agenda that the other 50-plus organization has been pushing for. Join AMAC instead, A-M-A-C dot U-S. Stephanie, Superior Wisconsin XM Satellite, how are you? 
I'm great. How are you, Mark? Very well, thank you. Awesome. It's great to get through to you, and I, I love what you do. I just wanted to let you know. I'm sure you hear it all the time. But uh, thank you. Though. I had uh, a question for you. I, I thought maybe can never hear it enough. Maybe. You know? <laughs> just kidding. <laughs> That's all right. You do an awesome job. Thanks. Um, I was wondering if you, maybe you thought that they're loosening up these voter ID laws um, and keeping those borders open to mold and shape new Democratic voters. Of course. Um, I mean, what what would the other reason? Is there another reason why they have the border wide open? What could the other reason possibly be? <laughs> there is no other reason. <laughs> Let me ask you this, and I've said this many times, Stephanie. If the people pouring over the border would, in their next generation, be voting two-thirds Republican, as the Hispanic vote is two-thirds Democrat today, do you think they would have a wide-open border? No, they would seal that baby tight. They'd seal it down. They'd shut it down. They'd have the National Guard there the way they had it around the uh, Capitol building. Are you kidding me? Exactly. Exactly. They, they'd be the biggest supporters of border security the world has ever seen or known. So for them, for them, you know, people say follow the money. I say no, follow the power. Follow the power. Because this is all about power for the Democrat Party. And uh, the party comes first. The country doesn't even come second. The party is what you are giving your allegiance to. And you can see this in all kinds of communist and Marxist regimes. It's the party that matters because the party runs the country. I keep preaching to my family and telling them, hey, you guys, open your eyes. I've got so many Democrats in my family, and they, they absolutely hate any time I speak to them about it. But all I can do is keep trying. <laughs> or just disown them. Anyway, Stephanie, I want to thank you very, very much. Take care of yourself. And I'm glad you keep trying. That's what we have to do. Let's continue. Robert, Ogdensburg, New York. I don't know where Ogdensburg, New York is on the Mark Levin app. How are you, Robert? Hi. Uh, how are you doing, Mark? Okay. I used to be a jockey uh, a long time ago. and uh, Used to be a what? I didn't hear you. I'm really? sorry. Used to be a what? I say I, I say I used to be a DJ a long time ago, ah. and I had my own show yes. in Amarillo, Texas. Well, no wonder and, I missed uh, it. I, and I would really love to read your new book. I can't wait. And I wanted to tell you, you. about my, let's call it a conversion from lifelong Democratic liberal to conservative. All right. Tell us. And that's because... After after a half year of the of witnessing the devastation that Joe Biden has unleashed on this country, I could no longer, in good in good conscience, support a failed, bankrupt, immoral ideology. Good for you, Amen. And I, and I hope more and more people see it that way. I really do, because it's so obvious to me. Amen. And I listen to your show every night. It is a joy to listen to you. Well, thank you. That's very, very kind of you. Now, tell me, where is your town exactly? Uh, Ogdensburg is right across the St. Lawrence. Uh, well, let me put it this way. Uh, we're right, by, right next to the St. Lawrence River. Mm-hmm. And on the other side of that is uh, Canada. 
Yeah, I was going to say, you're way up there. No wonder I've never heard of it. How are our Canadian friends busy rounding uh, rounding up religious people? Well, I really can't speak about that, but the uh, uh, station I listen to you on, the great uh, WQTK, uh, they they serve the North Country and Eastern Ontario. Hmm. Well, I'm surprised that people in Canada aren't trying to escape to the United States at this point, given how repressive that police state has become. You know, people in Canada, oh, Canada, Canada, what a nice place. It's not anymore. I don't mean it's not pretty. I don't mean the people aren't nice. Of course they are. But the political leadership is thuggish. It is is grotesquely uh, out of control. And, I mean, they're rounding up preachers and everything else and... Unbelievable. And I think that Biden and the Democrats aspire to do exactly that, quite frankly. You are correct, sir. You are quite correct. Well, Robert, Um, it it is a pleasure now to have you on the light side. Thank you, sir. God bless you. Godspeed. Keep fighting for America. Keep fighting for the Constitution. God bless you, too, and thank you. You know, all the years I've been doing this, when I get callers who are former Democrats or former communists or former socialists or former leftists or whatever, it's like suddenly a big light goes on. And they say, wait a minute. I've been on the wrong side of this forever. What am I doing? How do I defend this? I don't even believe in what I'm defending. I don't even believe in what I'm voting for. And then you know these are real human beings who can reason, rationalize, who can think. And then, of course, we have the drones who will vote Democrat, Democrat, Democrat in New York City. And then they'll get their pension. And then they'll say, I'm getting the hell out of here. They voted for what they created. And then they move to a red state, like a Florida. Then they vote Democrat, 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 Democrat. Because you know why? They're unaffected. They're on a lifetime pension, lifetime medical coverage, lifetime everything else, utterly unaffected. So what do they care? If some guy gets whacked economically in the private sector, what do they care? If somebody's kid is screwed over in a, in a classroom with this racist crap. They got what they got. They're doing fine. That's what's going on. I mean this quite seriously. They go to these red states, and they turn them into blue states. Let's keep moving quickly. We've got John, Mr. Call Screener. John, former Democrat. I don't know where you're calling from. Doesn't much matter. John, how are you, sir? John, how are you, sir? Yes, sir. Very good. Hey, hey, I wanted to tell you a neat little story. You know, back when I was uh, growing up in in college, my parents and I had always been the liberal Democrat voters, and one of the college that I, you know, in college I was campaigning for Al Gore on campus, and I had a friend one night tell me, hey, he stood over and yelled at me, hey, if you don't vote for Al Gore and George Bush becomes president, you're going to lose all your civil rights and you're going to be back in chains. I thought, how in the world could somebody be telling me, yelling at me to vote Democrat, otherwise I'm going to lose all my civil rights and I'm going to be back in chains. Why is somebody using my skin color against me? 
All right, so obviously you're a black man, and they're saying you're going to be back in chains? <laughs> yes, actually not black. Uh, Hispanic, but... Hispanic, okay. I couldn't believe it. That I didn't even know what a Democrat, liberal, conservative, Republican, libertarian... I, I knew nothing about these. Decided to educate myself about each one and found out that my whole life I've been a conservative. My family has been, but... We just did what the TV told us to do and vote Democrat. Mm-hmm. We just weren't educated enough. Well, I want to welcome you, belatedly in my case, because I didn't know you earlier, I want to welcome you to the bright side of liberty. Changes your life completely when you change that perspective, doesn't it, John? It, it's incredible how everything is... Mm-hmm. It, it's incredible to me how the world is upside down. Yeah, no, you're quite right. Thank you for your call, my friend. I appreciate it. All right, we're going to continue to take calls. We've had great calls in a moment. I'll be right back. AMAC, the Association of Mature American Citizens, is one of the fastest-growing organizations in America. Now over 2 million conservative members strong, and I'm one of them. AMAC believes in and stands up for the values that we constitutional conservatives care about. More than talk, AMAC fights. A full-time presence in Washington, AMAC pushes back against reckless spending, disasters like Medicare for All, and the expanding reach of the federal government. And beyond advocacy, joining AMAC gives you access to a wealth of benefits and discounts, including special member-only rates on car insurance, travel discounts, cell phone plans, and a hell of a lot more. And if that's not enough, you'll get AMAC's bi-monthly magazine full of insightful articles on issues that matter to most of us, we conservatives. As I said, I'm an AMAC member, and you should be too. Join today at amac.us. That's A-M-A-C dot U-S. Stop supporting the liberal agenda that the other 50-plus organization has been pushing for. Join AMAC instead. A-M-A-C dot U-S. Well, in Loudoun County, Virginia, ground zero for so much of this, um, the teachers' union and the left and perhaps other were busing people in. Did you see that, Mr. Producer? Did you hear about that? To a school board meeting. This isn't going to work. That's just not going to work, the phoniness of this sort of thing. And um, let's see here. Parents... Virginia, Loudoun County Parents Rally, a school board mall's transgender critical race theory policies. Isn't that quite shocking that a school board is even thinking about those things? Isn't it? Rather than actual education? I'm reading here. Let's see here. Just bear with me before we get to our sponsor. Um, oh, please, computer, don't, don't let me down now. Here we go. Loudoun County School Board meeting on transgender policy shut down after crowd gets unruly, one arrested. The Loudoun County School Board shut down a public meeting Tuesday on a new policy involving transgender students. See, this is being ignored, but not in American Marxism. After people at the meeting reportedly started speaking over public commenters and refused to cooperate, one person was arrested, there was at least one person injured, authorities said. 
Now you're going to see how law-abiding citizens are going to be brutalized, whereas Black Lives Matter, Antifa, and so forth are allowed to do pretty much whatever they want to do. There are no details yet on the arrest or what the person's being charged for. Another person was issued a summons on a trespassing charge. Trespassing charge. Trespassing charge? Are you kidding me? The Loudoun County School Board ended the public comments section of its June 22 meeting on a unanimous vote after Chair Brenda Sheridan repeatedly warned the attendees in the boardroom that loud public demonstrations violated the decorum of the meeting. Wasn't this a mostly peaceful protest, Mr. Producer? No fires, no looting. Sheridan had previously and repeatedly warned the public after introducing the public comments section with a reading of School Board Policy 2520. Earlier, the chair recessed the school board meeting for five minutes due to disruptions before the unanimous vote to end public comment was taken. Dozens of supporters and opponents of a proposed policy in the use of transgender students' names gathered outside the Loudoun County School Board meeting Tuesday afternoon to voice their concerns at the rally. Amazing. Mostly peaceful. No violence. An arrest. Maybe two arrests I'm hearing now. I'm re- trying to read Twitter here as I, as I do my program. And uh, let's see here. I'm being tweeted some. Just bear with me. Being tweeted something as I speak. Let's see here. Um, Loudoun County parents singing Star Spangled Banner after the school board shut down public comment because of applause, says Ian Pryor. So they were uh, singing the Star Spangled Banner, in other words, the national anthem, after the school board shut down public comment because of applause. Wow, that's... That's some disruption, isn't it, Mr. Producer? Wow! Now, these are mostly peaceful protests. But they're not going to be tolerated, you see. Now, if you're Black Lives Matter and burn the school down, well, that's all right. I mean, come on now. Or Antifa and you beat the crap out of the sheriffs. Well, you know, happens. But this is how parents are treated. Big mistake. Big, big mistake. I smell it, I feel it, I taste it. Big mistake on the part of authorities and authoritarians. When you go after people's children, that's a whole nother ball game. That's a whole nother ball game. They are creating activists. We here are creating activists. We will keep track of what took place in Loudoun County, and I'll report to you tomorrow, in every other or any other county in this country as well. And uh, I do want us to understand that this is just one aspect of what's taking place in this country. Because, as I point out in American Marxism, this Marxist ideology has spawned numerous Marxist movements in America. Numerous. And uh, there's also, as they say themselves, this issue of intersectionality, which basically means certain aspects of various movements of this sort intersect one with the other so they can network and coordinate in what they're doing. And we're all on it, so stick with us. 
We salute our armed forces, police officers, firefighters, and emergency personnel. God bless each and every one of you. And thank you. See you tomorrow.